Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz, right here on TuneIn, Googlecast, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, on Global Women's Sports Radio, also on Spotify, and as always on Block Talk Radio, host Oscar Lopez here. We are going to have a great show today. We're going to be ch- uh, chatting with the Sun City Stealth ownership, as well as some of their players and the head coach as well. So we'll be here in about 15 minutes in the No Joke Football Huddle. We're going to be talking WFA 2020. Uh, expansion Sun City Stealth, uh, Stealth uh, Sun City Stealth, and uh, we're also going to be talking uh, NFL free agency in about uh, 60 minutes. As we have Nate Ward coming in here, we're going to dive into everything that's happening XFL players to the NFL free agency market. We're also going to be talking women's news and notes, the impact of the season, how that's going to impact uh, obviously till May, and how things are work out that way. Uh, and a lot of things are happening in terms of just the sports realm of things, a lot of cancellations. We'll see if uh, the NBA comes back. Um, we know for a fact NHL is supposed to be coming back. So uh, a lot of things in question. Uh, a lot of the uh, platforms or betting sites that you're used to, you know, uh, doing things like myself on Daily Fantasy Sports, uh, a lot of the, those creative sites have gotten uh, pretty creative with uh, simulation games, with uh, – NBA 2K, especially on DraftKings and FanDuel. So uh, if you're excited about that, you can always go to FanDuel right there. Check the link on our uh, Facebook page. You can also get some money there to go play. It's pretty interesting uh, given that there's no live games going on in the NHL or the NBA. Uh, But there is obviously action still like PGA, uh, MMA, uh, so the alternative sports. There's overseas soccer matches if you're inclined to participate in that realm. Uh, so there's a lot of things you can do in your downtime, as well as some of the things that our uh, No Joke Football athletes are doing on Instagram, as well as on Twitter and everywhere else. So um, you can you know do workouts, uh, just post your workouts. If you're in quarantine, um, you can always stay active by doing fitness at home and self-weight, self-things at home you can do. So pretty pretty things that everybody can do to just get through this whole uh, coronavirus uh, situation. We talked about coronavirus before on our last podcast. Just want to make sure everybody's pretty up to date on everything. Just do your part. Stay. If you, if you feel symptoms, stay at home. Uh, given whatever state you're in, some of the states are a lot more rigid. Like here in California, it's pretty much a stand down. You got to stay at home unless you really, really need to go to places or necessitated certain places. Um, other than that, you know, you really need to just stay at home and kind of cool down Still allowing people to go, uh, to essential places to get things. So, um, you know, if you're down or never been confined to a, uh, home for so many hours, 14 days, uh, especially if you got your kids with you now, they're not, they're not at school kind of driving you mad 24 seven. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do, play games, get creative, you know, just be silly. Um, I know you have to social distance in, in some aspect, but doesn't mean uh, that you can't just, you know, play games, be entertaining, uh, just have a little bit of fun while things are not going so great outside of the home. 
Um, but, uh, you know, other than that, um, just, you know, do your social distancing, making sure that if you have somebody in the home that is compromised in some format with some sort of health concern or anything like that, just to be mindful of that, uh, especially when you have little kids uh, and you got grandkids, you know, and you got other, you know, older folks, uncles, aunts, uh, grandparents and things like that. So there's a lot of self-responsibility that we got to kind of be more mindful of because of coronavirus. Um, I think that, you know, just in a concern of everybody to do it. I know we follow guidelines. There are things that we can do. There are some places or some states that are not a, as affected as others. So that's one of the key things that's a sort of a blessing in a way. If you're, if you're living in a state where, um, you know, the count or the testing or any of that is not in huge numbers. Um, unfortunately, like New York, Los Angeles, Seattle, uh, California, in terms of San Francisco. So there's a lot of metro areas that will be affected in terms of high numbers because of the population and people being in more close proximity. But there's going to be other states that that's not going to happen. So um, at this point, we just got to follow your um, governor's uh, decisions, um, your county county representatives, your city representatives, and really kind of just, you know, citizen first, as they say, uh, we've got to be mindful of our health. We also have to be make sure, we also have to make sure that we're having those types of conversations with young kids, uh, teenagers in general. Uh, some of these, uh, these two groups uh, consider themselves invincible in a lot of ways, and they are in, in, in most ways because their immunity will probably overtake and and be strong enough, but they also have to be mindful that they could contract somebody with an older age group of, you know, anywhere from 70 or above or something like that. So that's, you just got to be a little bit more mindful. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, you know, we've done it for the last two weeks. Just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, it's a bummer for uh, women's football athletes because it's sort of like a situation where you're confined. You're not at the practices like you normally would be. Uh, that also is a bummer. It kind of makes you feel like, oh, my God, you know, what am I going to do with all this time and downtime and things like that? Um, so what you can do is uh, maybe do push-ups. That's what I've done. So it's a, it's just a matter of trying to do push-ups, I guess. Um, so I was challenged to by my uh, Nojo football athletes. So there you go. Uh, I did push-ups, and it turned out really great. So uh, if you want to do it on your stories, that will be very encouraging to do. So Maybe push-ups is the thing to do, or you can do, you know, bar dips, uh, any of that stuff. Just uh, try to keep motivated and try to keep yourself uh, in clear mind as some of us will go back to work. Some of us are remotely at work already, as we are today, myself, and some of us uh, are fortunate that we don't have a brick and mortar. We don't have uh, a situation where we have to go to a physical facility or we have to go to a situation where we have to participate in some sort of setting that way. Um, others are working from home, like our co-host, um, um, Holly Custis, working from home right now, uh, Mackenzie Brooks, the same way, um, and then obviously Luis and them. So it's just a matter of your industry and your job occupation and what those individuals in charge are going to be uh, trying to arrange. So uh, we're not going to stop the economy for a virus because that's just going to be a downer. So we, we have to be creative. I talked about, you know, keeping your local, um, you know, restaurants, your local businesses, be mindful of them. And also, you know, it's our, it's our responsibility to make sure that they stay in business as well. So 
take out, uh, you know, the power of mobile phones could not be greater now than any other time. So, I mean, it's just a matter of doing that and making sure that we're having things, you know, to go that route. So I, I think my my whole thing is just making sure that we're neighborly to everybody and making sure we're watching out for everybody else. So I, I know that, you know, takeout is an option. So we're, we're going to try to, like, work it out in terms of, like, just use your mobile phone to try to do things that you normally wouldn't have done. You know, you can still get stuff to your door. You can get ordered stuff to your door. Uh, FedEx, UPS, uh, USPS still working. Uh, they're still doing their job, so uh, there's no need to get down. I mean, this is a good time to catch up on your episodes with Netflix and things like that. So maybe that's the proper thing to do. Um, so I, I'd, I'd say at this point, that's one one of the things that you probably need to do and try to keep mindful of and, uh, you know, work it out. We don't know what the WFA season's going to look like at this point because we, we were talking about May um, and then obviously the WNFC as well, the two major leagues on, in the States. We also had large events that were supposed to be coming up um, this this weekend. It was supposed to be the 10000 I believe, the $10,000 uh, tournament that was by the Icon Women's Football Association. And from my understanding, it will be canceled um, because of uh, mandates in the state. It was supposed to be the 27th through the 29th. Um, so I'm pretty sure that will be rescheduled. It's something that we can do. Uh, the big bombshell news for in terms of the women's scene, uh, you can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties, get everything below down there. Uh, it was the WFLA announcing the 2020 exhibition tours on hold right now, temporarily uh, suspended for maybe a 90 day period. They'll revisit that based on guidelines and everything that's going on in the country. Uh, they did announce that officially 2021 kickoff will be at the LA Coliseum May 5th. 2021, uh, the Women's Football League Association will launch their inaugural season. It will be the Los Angeles Fames taking on the Dallas Diamonds. So that's going to be the interesting part. At this point, we don't have any details on roster. We have no idea who the head coaches are. We have no idea who the players are going to be representing each team. No ticket information. I'm pretty sure as the winner comes around, we will try to kind of figure that out and they're probably going to work on the logistics but the news was announced via instagram by the um, ceo lupe rose and she was going to go um, take care of that as well so we'll figure that out as well all right um, so we are going to bring in the uh, sun city stealth brand new expansion team of the wfa and we're going to be talking to a couple people here and that's going to be the owners uh, derek smith the cxo robert rodriguez the co-owner uh, cbo Mika Hernandez, which is the assistant general manager, uh, head coach Fonsi Gomez, uh, defensive back Emily Kuffner, and wide receiver Stephanie Aragon. So we'll have them on the show today. And we're going to be talking pretty much Sun City Stealth extensively for a little bit. And then after that, like I said, we're going to run in into uh, Nate Ward, and we're going to dive into NFL free agency. We're going to dive into XFL stars into NFL free agency down and then we're going to talk women's news and notes as we have a lot of events coming up uh, in the next couple months june july may uh, september and december and how those will be affected based on the coronavirus and how things are going to be um you know corrected at this point so here we go we're going to be talking to the stealth at this point 
and we're going to be uh, walking into the Noja Football Huddle. Oh, so if you guys haven't gone to the shop at uh, the Zazzle.com shop, you go to Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauty, save up, up to 20% off, get everything there, even our new country and pride shirts. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out, go to the hub, and then you get the shop now link, or you can go directly to the website at Zazzle.com forward slash Great RBs at the No Joke Football Shop. All right, let's bring in everybody up on board here, and let's see who's on board with us today. So um, do we have Derek on today? Derek, are you on? Uh, Coach Fonsi, are you on? Do we know who's on the line right now? Is it Mika? Hi, yes, I'm Bob here. So, so I think maybe a couple of people still uh, trying to log on because uh, I think the uh, it's supposed to start a couple of minutes from now, and I think everybody's trying to rush in to dial in. Okay, no problem. Um, so who do I have on right now? So you have, uh, you have Emily? Emily? Hi. Okay, awesome, Emily. Hi, who Mika. Hi, Mika. How you doing? Good. How are you? Great. Fantastic. Uh, who else do I have on? Emily and Mika. Stephanie. Steph, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? Awesome. I'm very good. Um, so we have Derek and Robert. Yeah, Robert's here. Okay, Mr. Robert. Uh, do you have Derek on or no? Come out. He might not be on just, must not be on just yet. Okay, Coach Fonsi's on? No Coach Fonsi at this point? I don't see a uh, – do we have Coach Fonsi on or no? I don't – let's see what we got. So it appears that he's not. Okay, no problem. Um, So I have – just to just to be clear, I do have Stefan, Emily, uh, Robert, yourself, Mika, right? That's correct. Yeah. All right. All right. Yep. That's Let correct. me see here if I got perfect. Um, let's see. Okay, great. So I'm I'm missing a what uh, Derek and Coach Fonsi? Yeah, you're just missing those two. Okay, no problem. So Robert, let's start with you. Um, why invest in women's football? If you're an, if you're an investor, literally we have like no audience. We're working towards a big audience. Um, so, in El Paso, this is the first team in El Paso, if I'm correct, right? That you guys have started in in the whole city. That's correct. All right. So, give us your thoughts about you know uh, in, investing into women's football and empowering girls to play you know NFL style football. So this all originated from when Derek and I uh, talked about women's football about approximately a year ago. And we asked ourselves, well, why women's football? And because pretty much it's non-existent in our local area. And we pretty much came up with the answer, well, well, why the hell not? Let's try to do this. And essentially that's what drove us, and that's what kind of keeps driving us now. And as far as the, on the investment side, Derek and I are the, the key investors on this organization, and we've also um, – we're soliciting other sponsorships also to invest in our organization. And we've gained a lot of traction. Even most notably here recently, we attended a all women only business symposium and the interest was tremendous. 
And it essentially came down to because it was an unknown factor in the community of how women's football can be such a great community event. So the response was, was overwhelmingly, and we can see the success of this team, you know, start to grow. Unfortunately, our opening weekend is going to be coming up soon, but we have to delay that. So it's kind of um, drew a lull in our anticipation to get the community to come out and support the organization. But it doesn't mean that it's going to waver off. So as far as the investment perspective comes, everybody is – there's several, several people that are on board, several organizations – people on their own are coming to come in and invest in our organization, support these ladies out there. Robert, um, at this point, um, the WFA is big. It's like 60-something teams nationwide. Um, it is a great opportunity to have a roster size. Did you have any issues with roster at this point or any anybody interested or interest? Or is it just the fact that you're the only team in El Paso, in El Paso and you have so much, so much uh, opportunity? We have right now a 40-person roster, and when we first started, it started trickling out about 15, and what we struggled with was trying to get people to know about the team, because a lot of interest that we gained was that they just found out by word of mouth or by some social media circles or some advertisements that we did, and there, a lot of people were like, well, we never knew this existed. And we believe that uh, once we field our team, and it becomes a little bit of a more of a local brand, the interest will gain traction and we'll be able to establish a stronger roster with more people, maybe establish uh, the first team, second team, um, scout team, what have you. Obviously have reserves in case people got to, you know, be in and out uh, for injury or personal obligations. Uh, This has been an on-year, one-year-long going um, process and has gained traction literally every day as we, uh, up to the last month, we started getting new members onto the team. So you've had good uh, turnout, in other words, uh, good turnout for what the players or what you're looking for at this point? Definitely have some good turnout. These uh, team members that we have are committed for the, the mission that we're trying to lay out here in El Paso. Robert, I heard uh, you had no player fees. Is that correct, or did did I misunderstand that? That's correct. Right now, the Sun City South does not have any player fees. Uh, Derek and I, through personal investment and also through soliciting some corporate sponsorships, we're attempting to make our organization zero team fee or zero player fee, um, and also with uh, sponsored travel. Uh, that's a goal. That's, that was our primary goal, and it still remains our first goal to uh, achieve. Obviously, um, with with the the whole economic situation. We're still intent to achieve that goal. It just might be delayed a little bit longer. So at this point, you guys are in the same mandate that everybody else in the country is. Uh, you guys aren't doing practices, but just doing what self workouts and things like that. Correct. Everybody is just uh, pretty much um, to their own uh, workout regimen. Uh, we don't have no organized, uh, no organized team activities because we're not allowed to. Uh, it'll be it's undetermined, and we'll be able to reorganize and then uh, continue with our what we're trying to establish with our organization. All right, um, Robert. Um, the community is it? I mean, El Paso is huge. It's supported men's men's probably men's sports and everything else. So, um, are you guys lumped together with like women's other sports like basketball, soccer? Is there, is there anything out there that is like major sports? In other words, like semi-pro or anything like that that you guys can hook up just to bring more attention? 
here in our local area, the level that we're going to bring this team to, there's nothing else that compares to it. Uh, you have your lower-level um, women's organized events such as volleyball, um, basketball, softball, uh, more at a city type of level, maybe some personal organized uh, leagues. But to the level that we're attempting to bring Sun City Stealth to the uh, professional football level here in our local area, there's nothing else that competes to it. All right, so um, let's bring on, uh, I believe it's Mika, right? Mika's, uh, Mika Hernandez, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Hi, Mika. Um, how are you uh, coordinating with ownership to just bring attention to the stealth and to make sure the community is aware that we do have, you know, women's football that's being played? In? And obviously, you, you know, because of the coronavirus, we're going to have to delay, uh, um, you know, 30 days out and things like that. But I, I'm pretty sure you're in the same boat that everybody else is, kind of excited to just kick off, right? Correct. Well, we've been doing a lot of um... – I mean, marketing, doing a lot of social media uh, stuff, constantly putting things out. Um, we've done a few um, events with, like, the uh, local children's hospital. We did a toy run. Like Robert mentioned, we're trying to get local sponsorships, just throwing it out there. Um, and, I mean, we had a lot of people excited for our first game, which is going to be April 4th. Unfortunately, because of the delay, because of the coronavirus, we're going to have to wait on that. But I do see the excitement still within the city. A lot of people are excited and, and I mean, are going to be out, have, have said they're going to be out at our game. Just excited overall of, of the new team coming out. So, uh, Mika, were you playing football before? Is this something more of an administrative uh, support uh, volunteer for you? Or how, how is your role in, in terms of hooking up to the stealth? Um, no, I wasn't playing football. I'm a huge football fan. I, uh, when I talked to Derek, you know, I was like, I'm on board. I want to, I want to be a part of this, um, because these women are going to make history here in El Paso. So it's very exciting and, and I'm all for it. All right. Um, what is your goal for the team? Is it just to get to the next level for you to get to the next level and to try to get things, uh, you know, just the community to be aware of it? Um, we'll definitely need to get the community involved to know who we are. Um, we have a, a very committed, consistent team. So I think we just need to get a feel for it. And I, I see the ladies doing very well. And, I mean, hopefully bringing home a championship. All right, no problem. Um is, is it something that you're going to be striving for in terms of what supporting the team with funding or trying to get fundraising going? What's your role in terms of general manager primarily? Um, my role would be the liaison, I guess, between the ladies and owners and coaches. Um, being a woman myself, I feel um, I can, um, I can, uh, I mean, I can adapt or I have like the, the things that the ladies are going through, I may be a little more familiar than the guys. So, um, I mean, just more of a supportive role for the ladies. All right. Um, are you like ordering the material? The, uh, I mean, what roles are you in supportive with the ladies? Is it just supporting them with logistics or uh, off the field concerns? 
I mean, anything they may need. Um, I'm looking over the girls that maybe have injuries. I'm also helping to get the word out for us, um, kind of just managing and running the team, trying to get word out um, to make sure, you know, our, our stands are filled when it's game time. Ticket sales and things like that, is that also including with your responsibility? Um, yes, I believe I'll be part of that. All right. Um, so I'm going to, I have to bring in coach, uh, Fonzie and Derek on here. So I'm going to probably, um, Mika, I'll have you drop off because, um, we only have so many lines that we can get some folks in, but I really thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. And then I'm going to get to, you know, Fonzie. So I wish you success with your role with the team. And hopefully, uh, as we kick off in another 30 days, we'll get to see the difference that you're making. Awesome. Thank you for having us. All right. So I'm going to uh, try to bring in Coach uh, Fonsi in here and Coach Derek, but let's talk to um, let's talk to Emily first, and that way, um, let's see here. Let's talk to Emily first. Emily, are you on? I am. Thank you so much for having us. All right. So Emily, um, why join the Stealth? Uh, you know, and, and tell me a little bit about you in terms of your age, uh, what age bracket you're in. You know, you got kids, you don't have kids, you're single, you know, all that stuff, because it makes a difference in terms of commitment, right? It does indeed. Um, Okay, so a little bit about me. I'm obviously English. I lived in the UK up until last year. I was contracting for the U.S. Army in Afghanistan as an Apache helicopter mechanic, and I met my husband over there. Um, We married in January, and I moved over here. Uh, obviously I didn't know anybody here at all. Thank you very much. Um, we're taking it a day at a time. It's, uh, it's, I guess what you call a shotgun marriage, but that's what we had to do to make it happen. So, uh, I came over here. It's kind of lonely, not knowing anybody. Husband is at work all day, obviously going through immigration. I can't work at this time. So, um, I looked out in the community for a team that I could join. And I remember speaking to, an awesome, awesome lady called Ginger Kuchbar, and I'm really sorry, Ginger, if I pronounced that wrong. She was a um, a player for in the LFL for Pittsburgh Rebellion, I believe, and she's also a Gold Star widow. So she is a huge inspiration to me, and um, I'd reached out before about American football in the UK and rugby and finally had the opportunity over here. So uh, I got in contact with the team, and actually I turned up. I just had laser eye surgery, <laughs> so I was kind of blind and, you know, stood on the sideline and watched things, and I really liked the way the girls were interacting and the coaches, and um, they welcomed me on board, and it's just gone from there. So I guess, I guess I'm, just, I'm just stealth. That's, uh, we're hard hitters. You know, we're out there. We're going to make history, and these are the kind of girls I want to associate myself with. Uh, I'm very, very pleased to be a member of Stealth. So, Emily, uh, a lot of growth in the U.K. with uh, American football, too. We have a lot of uh, outstanding athletes in the U.K. We got the the national team now, you know, formed and everything, and they've been very competitive for the last five years. So uh, maybe we'll see you on on the pitch out there uh, in Gridiron in U.K., if that's the case. Uh, Well, I'm now in the States. For, for good so um, this 
should be my long-term future and unless I was to do an exchange. Uh, maybe I, I believe we have players over here such as Ruth Marta I, I'm familiar yep. with. Uh, and she's doing amazing thing, things, obviously. So perhaps I'll go back to the UK and play a few games. Um, but for now, my future is in El Paso. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, I've just realized I didn't tell you how old I am. I am 34, uh, married, no children. I have two cats. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's, that's you me. You do have children. Those cats are like children. <laughs> uh, yeah, they take a lot of <laughs> uh, But no, great. I'm, I'm glad that you're in the States, and I'm glad that uh, – you're, you know, you're doing well, and at this point, you're, you know, part of the stealth. Um, it looks like the ownership is really committed to get a good brand and good product out there, which the WFA is a great organization and league as well with the branding. Um, so I'm really, really excited. And you, you're coming from a, you know, country that obviously has embraced the sport really well. We got Phoebe Sketcher. You said, you know, Ruth Mata, just a lot of talent on the Great Britain team as well internationally with the uh, Birmingham Lions organization, to be precise. Uh, they've done a great job of promoting and everything else. So, so Emily, really good. So you're in that mix. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of players are in that mix too, 25 to 38. Uh, they really want to play. We do have older players as well in some other teams. But, uh, you know, the defensive back is always sort of a loving affair because if you want to take out aggression, it's one of the best things, I guess. Yeah, that would be, uh, I mean, it would be great for me. I, I was lucky enough a number of years ago to do a little bit of jiu-jitsu and a little bit of MMA um, when I was working with the U.S. Army, and I, I really enjoyed it. So this, for me, is a, a mixture of, of speed, skill, agility, and a good dose of aggression, and I'm, I just can't wait to get involved, really. Um, the coaches are doing a really good job of teaching us how to tackle safely so we're not going to sustain injuries on the field or hopefully minimize them but uh unfortunately you can't coach um aggression if you like i think you either have it or you don't and the ladies that are stepping up uh you know some of these girls are pretty scary <laughs> they're friends off the field but i assure you when they line up uh i i wouldn't want to be tackled by some of these ladies that's for sure well, on the defensive line uh, or on the defensive side of the ball, you have to be a little crazy. That's what I'm told from everybody. So if just a little crazy, it helps, um, especially against the opponent. So a little reckless yeah, never hurts sure. anybody. It's legal reckless. So that's what everybody tells me. So it's just a matter of doing your job. So you're just doing your job. Um, so Emily, great. congratulations on everything that's happening to you and then being a part of the stealth. I'm going to go ahead and uh, – let you go, but thank you for coming on. I'm going to get uh, Derek and Coach Fonsi on here to kind of give us the lowdown of what's happening in, in terms of 2020 season. But um, before we do that, uh, let's bring in Stephanie, and that way we get Stephanie on here. But, uh, Emily, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having us. It is, uh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks. All right, Stephanie, uh, right receiver – so that means somebody sees some really good mobility, talent, and speed. So uh, tell us a little bit about you. Hello. Um, so my name is Stephanie Aragon. I'm 29 years old. I'm born and raised here in El Paso, Texas. Yay. Um, my full-time job, I'm a property manager for a commercial uh, real estate company here in El Paso. And um, I also coach club volleyball on the side. And then I also do uh, own two Herbalife Nutrition Clubs in El Paso as well. So um, I have no kids. I am married. It's been about a year and six months. 
And I do have two fur babies, however, and one uh, bearded dragon named Falcor. So, you know, just a self-added to it, added to the, the awesome life. Wow. And uh, obviously nutrition is big for you because if you're doing herbal life, it's just a key to keep fit and everything else. So um, the, the, the pace of the game, is it different than any other sport you've played? Oh, my Lanta. Yes, it is. So I played college volleyball, and, um, you know, there's some aspects that are, you know, skills and stuff that are the same, but, whew, you know, you, you have to avoid getting tackled, especially as the wide receiver. You know, you have to um, run from the defender, um, and then if you do play defense, like with Emily, you have to engage that tackle, go for it. So it's completely different. Uh, you still have to have quickness, um, you know, uh, fast of course, with um, running long distance, especially if you're a wide receiver. And um, it is totally, completely different. I'm like, oh, my goodness, at football practice, I'm like, man, I don't remember doing this at volleyball practice. But then again, that was volleyball. (laughs) Yeah, it's a different type of sport. But you still have the agility and mobility that you got to have as a receiver. So why the stealth at this point? Was it something you saw in an ad or somebody brought it to your attention? And just so you so happened to just – let me try this. So um, back in July, um, I was participating in the Blondes versus Burnett's um, side football team to raise awareness for Alzheimer's. So um, I was playing in the game, and during that game, the owner, Derek, he was there watching it. And so after we played and everything, right away um, I got a, a message on Facebook where he sent the flyer. He was just like, this is what's going to happen. This is what my vision is. Um, this is what we're trying to start here in El Paso. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, my gosh, tackle football. Um, you know, thinking about broken nails, you know, in my mind, like glitter, you know, stuff like that. So I was like, hmm, tackle football, I don't know. But then after I got out there and stuff, I, I fell in love with it. It's like it's just something completely different. To be a playmaker, uh, if you come from volleyball, this is kind of a kind of a fit in, right? Volleyball's sort of a playmaker because you get you basically touch the ball almost every time, and you're able to make some some uh, you know transactions yeah. over the the net and stuff. So being receiver, a lot of responsibility because you're either called upon, your numbers called upon, um, so you're going to be a key you know component in terms of either fanfare or you're going to be a real good component in terms of coaching and favorite. So uh, it comes with a lot of uh, responsibility, in other words. Definitely. And you know what? That's how I see you, too. I'm like, okay, my quarterback is my setter. And me as a receiver, I'm going to be that outside hitter and make sure to catch the ball is like getting a kill or scoring that touchdown is like getting that point. So, yeah, so definitely. Steph, uh, do, you, do you feel like uh, you're going to contribute really well here? Um, obviously, you're, you feel great about the coaching staff and everybody around you. So, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, competition on the schedule from, you know, teams from that are really mature, the Thundercats, and to name a few. But uh, overall, what do you think the, the feel is for the team? Definitely, I think that we will all put up a good fight. And, you know, like Nika said, we have that championship hopefully in the future. Um, our girls, you know, my teammates, we, we already call our, each other stealth sisters and stuff, and we have each other's backs, and we're out there for each other. There's no no individual on the team at all. It's all about a team sport. And you can't be – like, I can't be a wide receiver if I don't have my quarterback, and my quarterback can't be a quarterback if they don't have their linemen. 
So it's all um, working together. And, um, it, you know, as long as we keep our chemistry and we keep working together, it's gonna, that's what's going to take us far because, you know, we are a brand new team and everything. But once you have that chemistry down, where magic happens. Do you think this is the toughest sport for you? Because this has to take into account that everybody has to be on the same page. It's not like basketball, baseball, or any other sport. Football, literally, you have to be a web, and then you become a force through that webbing. So if you somebody breaks down somewhere, then uh, there's a situation where that, you know, the play or the result's going to be very devastating or it's going to be great. Yes, um, definitely. Uh, like you said, once one mess up happens, it, the whole thing crumbles. So, yeah, definitely it's going to be, you know, not so much your physical over there, but it's also going to be a lot of mental. So once we all get that together on the same page and everything, it's just going to flow, like, uh, just beautifully. All right, Steph, I'm looking forward to uh, some stats. Maybe see you on the WFA stat sheet week to week uh, for the stealth. And production will be obviously the what the coaches are going to want to see and some of the fans. So I really, really appreciate you coming on today and uh, expressing your love for the stealth. And we look forward to the kickoff at this point. Thanks for having us. And everyone, please be safe out there from this virus. And this too shall pass. God bless you all. Good advice. Good advice. Uh, let's bring in Coach Fonzie here. Coach Fonzie Gomez, uh, two two players here, very excited to, to get going. Uh, unfortunately, we got this, you know, huge pandemic that is holding everybody back in terms of activities. But overall, Coach Fonzie, up to before this Corona uh, shutdown, uh, what was your uh, sense of the team and the, the roster and the opportunity there? You know, looking back and and still you know, wondering why this pandemic mechanic, these girls, these ladies have been really, really uh, striving to take the next step. Uh, and they have come full circle and, and they're so hungry for knowledge of this game. Um, it, you know, they are ready uh, to, to play this game. Uh, my job and the coaching staff's job is to make them understand uh, what the game is all about, uh, what what the method of the madness of why football is played and why we do things. So the next time they actually watch a football game on the TV, they're going to understand why things are being done instead of being an average fan. Coach Fonzie, have you coached uh, women before, or is what's uh, what's your background? Give us a little background in terms my, of your expertise. My background, uh, coaching women – in particular, really, it's actually a coach uh, girls basketball back in the middle school. I, I used to coach middle school basketball uh, and softball. So could I relate to it? Yes, it's just they're a little bit older. So it makes it – I understood um, it's a different mindset and on how you, you coach the men and you coach the women. Um, but at the end of the day – what I was teaching these ladies is that I'm going to treat you right, but one day you're going to be ball players. And there was a day that I told them that you are all now ball players. You're not, this game is now really uh, come full circle where it's not just for men anymore. And, and it's now for men and women 
and there is no discrepancies anywhere. Uh, and I know that there's going to be some men that's going to say, well, women shouldn't be playing it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you, they got to just open their minds because there, there's a lot of great athletes that are women. Coach Fonzie, I, I don't think you tell that to your wife or your daughter, right? Or your sister. Oh, yeah. You probably get a punch in the nose, right? That's just the way we're, yeah, at, we're um, at now. <laughs> women can compete. <laughs> they can do what they need to do. Uh, and then all they want is knowledge. Uh, every player that I've spoken to in terms of the plays of sport on the women's side, they're really sponges. You know, they want to know why. Why do we do these drills? Why are you instructing me to do this? Once they get it, uh, they're very motivated and very high-powered in terms of execution. Oh, yes. Uh, you're, you're correct on that. Um, I'll tell you this. With my daughter and my wife and everything like that, they're very competitive and to the point to where they got to beat me at times. And when I get with these women, these ladies out here, I'll tell you this much, I challenge them, and I'm going to push them. And I push them because I love them, and I know they love the sport. Otherwise, they wouldn't um, be so dedicated to be hungry to to get more knowledge of it because they still want more. And what I was like telling the coaching staff, and, and I've told these ladies that, you know, Men play this sport if we just go from all the way only up to high school. These these men have probably played since they're probably six to to eighteen years old. So you know they have mm-hmm. twelve years of of experience. So my job, what I was trying to tell these ladies, is I'm trying to put twelve years experience in a matter of four or five months. Uh, and and they have been sponges, and they and you know what I'm, I'm going to tell you this: women don't forget things. Always remember that. Ask your wife that or your girlfriend. They don't forget things, so you know this is this is the type of sport that they're not going to forget things. They're going to remember stuff, and they're going to they're going to they're going to be a sponge. Coach Fonzie, uh, the 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 change in terms of the mindset is one thing. We are now at another level. I mean, if anybody's followed the sport, we follow the sport because it's our passion and we love to, you know, to, to drill in it. Um, we're at a different level now in terms of visibility. We have been in, we're at a different level in terms of capability. We are now at a total different level in terms of intensity. Um, we have, you know, every, I think there's every continent now uh, at some point or another has a women's American football. So the, the interest is huge. The, you know, the mass uh, want to play the sport on the female side is just exploding. Um, so at this point, it's like you are one of the catalysts, not just in El Paso, but this is global now. This is a passion and, and a drive for some women to play the sport because uh, it is a unity sport. It's a family sport, and it also bonds you together. And I think that's what the draw in. And, and I would say this, football and nobody can ever attest to it. Football is a different sport where, you know what, you're going to have 40 to 50 players that are going to band as one, and they're going to learn how to play play the sport together, be a family. Those relationships that you develop on a football team is totally different than any other sport they've ever played or been a part of. Because it takes every, each and every one of them to be great. 
you know, I was telling these ladies at one point, I said, look, at one point, the women were knocking on the door about football. Now it looks like it's come full circle because they've torn down that door and opened the rivers and, and, and everything that you could possibly do for for women's uh, acknowledgement in this in this sport because if it's globally, that means it's just going to get bigger within a five-year, ten-year time. Maybe we may have that that precedence as an NFL or an XFL or a CFL league in the men's, and and that's that's the goal, hopefully for this organization and 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 this league. Uh, Coach Fonzie, how proud uh, will you be if this team gets to a competitive state, a playoff state, and maybe even a championship level to represent the city that you're from, the city of El Paso? For your, you know, you your, know, your laboring, your team, your coach. I mean, it's just because you're starting something new. It's and if you get to that next level, this is going to be a journey. And, and this is a, the thing. Uh, I'm very proud. I'm very proud already of these ladies of what they've accomplished. But I always tell them there's never an ending to this road. Um, would I be so proud because they represent the Sun City? They represent El Paso. They represent women, and I told them, don't just be part of history. You're going to make history. And making history is on that first year of making that big run, get to the playoffs, get to championship game, always be hungry, always play to get to the next level. The next level is the playoffs and the championship. I would be so proud. And, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm already proud um, because you know what? It takes a lot to be a football player. It takes a lot to be a woman football player who's a mother of three or four or a single mother. Um, it takes a lot. And we've got a lot of those type of players in our team. And and it takes a family. That, that same saying says it takes a family to raise this whole family, and it takes a lot of us. And, and that's what we're here for. Coach Fonzie, uh, fundamentally, where you see your team, very strong, almost there. Uh, I mean, we don't want to give any secrets out to the opponents, but what do you, where do you see your team fundamentally? Are they really, uh, really striving for that for the fundamentals? On our fundamental part, I will tell you this: when we started day one, um, and I, and the football is a big technical footwork technical of, uh, of what your responsibilities are and, and how to block and how to catch, how to run. The beginning, we were, you know, we were a level, we were a level one. We we're at no vice level right now. Um, we're, we're just not there at all Madden, but we're at all pro if I could put it in levels and, and yeah. we're, and we're going to get there. And, Right now, with this postponement of having not able to practice, um, we're just have to going to have to dig deeper, and and, and that's the that's the, that's the goal we're going to have it, and I, hopefully we get something going soon. Hopefully this this stuff stops so that we can get back on our road because that's what we were aiming for. Could I say we were ready to play the first game um, at a, at a full? competitive level, I say yes. 
these these ladies are ready. They're striving, but they're hungry. But we also are humble. We know that there's a lot of work still in front of us to get where we need to be. So I mean, so I mean, I, I can't say like we're not all Madden yet, but we're we're at all pro, and, and we're getting there. Defensively, uh, where do you see your strength? Is it defense, offense, special teams? Where do you see your, yourself right now at this? Like, this is going to be my, you know, my key. This is going to get us over the top, or this is going to, you know, put us in a position to get some wins because every team has one side of the ball that really will excel, right? Well, and that's basically true. Um, I'm an offensive guy. I've been always an offensive coach. Uh, I was a former quarterback back in the day. So I always lean heavily on the offense. But I'm going to tell you this. We've got some great athletes on the defensive side. We've got some great athletes on the offensive side. And our special teams, hey, we got some spark plugs out there that will, you know, they're, they're going to break some ankles out there. So I can't say specifically where our strengths are, but I can tell you this. We're going to be a fast team, and we're going to play four quarters of football. And and that's one thing that nobody's going to out-hustle us. Nobody's going to outwork us. Coach Fonzie, with the big roster, there's a lot of teams in this uh, WFA across the nation. Some teams don't have the comfort zone to have a 40-man roster or larger. Some of them are in that, you know, middle of the road, 25, 30, and by the time – you know, the end of the season comes around, they're probably a mass unit of maybe 15 to 20. Um, how are you approaching roster size? Roster size, we, we teach platoon them. Um, like we teach everybody, you, you got two spots. You're going to learn an offensive spot, you're going to learn a defensive spot. For the reasons, because you just never know. Like this, there are some rosters that um, have 25 people and they got to learn two spots. And and you know and you know in this in this in this kind of league, not everybody travels well, and you get maybe half of your roster show up to the game because if we're traveling out, it, sometimes they just can't make it due to work or or for uh, circumstances that are out there. So you're being realistic so, like everybody why, else. Yeah, and and sometimes life happens and they just can't make it. But this is the reason why we. We teach our, our ladies to know two spots on the offense and the defensive side so that you're able to be – If there's your playing time. I, it's like I, I ask every athlete I've ever coached or every player, I've always asked them, what's your position? Their position they, they give me a position and I said, no, you're not. Yeah, the thing you're going to do is you're going to be a ball player and you're going to play wherever the team needs help at. And this is what we're trying to implement into our ladies, and they and they have understood that. So it, it's a good, when they ha- get that understanding that you know what I'm going to learn here, there I'm going to learn there, and I'm going to learn there, because that's where we're probably going to need you. So you can't just be dedicated to a one set position. You know what I mean? No, right. I mean it's it's like everyday life, right? You're always asked to yep. do something else, or you're you have to be adaptable in some format and you also have to contribute to the team too. So uh, coach, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I wish you success in year one. It's going to be a really uh, tough schedule. You got a little bit, a couple uh, teams that have been in the league for a long time. Uh, Thundercats being one of them. 
So you're going to have a really good, uh, you know, good roster, good roster at this point. So hopefully that'll help you through the season. And our expectation is obviously uh, coach Gomez uh, that we are going to be uh, looking out for Sun City stealth to be some, in some sort of playoff mode. Well, you know, we're going to make some noise and we're going to rock some worlds and, Hey, um, we're going to be the surprise of the league because um, out of the Sun City, there's nothing brighter than us. I'll tell you that much. And I appreciate the awesome. uh, the good luck, and hopefully we get back on here. We'll be telling you, hey, we told you at the beginning of the season that we were going to be here, and now we're here. Uh, I would love to have that conversation, especially when we get to playoff time, and you're, you're always welcome back if that's the case. Uh, and we'll be watching you guys, so – at this point, we're watching you and the staff. Um, so thank you again for coming on. I'm going to go into talking to Derek at this point, uh, Derek Smith, which is the, the, the head of the Sun City Stealth in El Paso. Derek, how's it going? I'm going good. How about you? I'm great. Can you hear me? Uh, just talking to everybody here. Everybody's excited. Uh, uh, I believe, Derek, if I'm correct from my notes, uh, you were over in New Mexico, right? Yeah, I was over in New Mexico. I was coaching a team that they have out in Las Cruces for a couple of years, and I decided to bring it to El Paso because I remember they did a carpe diem on K-Fox uh, one time when they were talking about the team in Las Cruces, and um, she made a comment about, well, when, I wonder if this will ever come to El Paso, and that kind of gave me the idea. I was like, well, why don't we have it in El Paso? And um started talking to a few people, Fonzie, Robert, got everybody together, got our staff on board and told them, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to try to, you know, do better than these other teams and this and that. And we talked about the ways that we're going to do it. Uh, One of the things is trying not to get players to pay fees because, as you well know, a lot of the teams around uh, the nation, they have to pay fees to to play, you know, like $500 to $1,000 and whatever they have to pay out of pocket. And we were talking as a staff was like, well, we don't really want to do that uh, because a lot of these females, you know, they don't exactly have all this money in the world and we would hate for them to not be able to play due to the fact that they can't afford it, you know? No, and logistics has always been a problem, especially when you have to do fundraising and, and you get to that state, but uh, Derek, so what's the formula? There's a, you know, there's a couple of teams that do no player fees and that's because they either fundraise year round and they have, you know, even in the off season, they have some sort of program to fundraise. Um, so, what's your what's your formula? Well, honestly, uh, Robert and I got together and we started talking about it. And a lot of the stuff right now, we know that starting out, it's going to be kind of tough, and and we're definitely going to spend a lot more money than we that we're going to get. You know, we're not in this to make money by far. We know that we're not going to make money. Um, we're trying to at least just sustain. Um, the team, you know, just be by being able to go out there and you know it costs a lot for stadiums and uniforms and everything else like that. So as of right now, we've done a lot of uh, self-funding and uh, we were just starting to get in the mix, intertwined with stuff. We got our business going on and uh, we started doing community stuff, marketing, and then we were actually doing pretty good until this um, this little coronavirus hit. So I think we'll be all uh, I think we'll be all right. We just got to let it blow over and uh, hopefully we'll be able to pick up where we left off and start um, getting what we need to get done. Uh, Derek, your vision right now, what's the vision for you? Is it to get this stealth team or this whole team and community, you know, bought into the team and then 
get this team into a competitive state every year? Is that your is that your goal? And then maybe start to get some fanfare to come out and, and watch these ladies ball out? Well, I mean, the first thing we have to do is get a team together, you know, get these ladies together, get a product going on. And that's why we've been trying to do a lot of recruiting. That's why we've been trying to get good places to practice at. Um, as you know, a lot of uh, teams around the nation, they practice at parks or wherever they could get, and we try to go out and get a, a football field. And, and the schools have been really good with us around El Paso. They've been working with us a lot. Um, we've been trying to get good venues set up. In fact, we have some pretty good venues set up. And um, like I said, we just want to get a, a team started. And then slowly but surely, we start rolling out stuff with the community and start doing stuff, uh, community events and all that and uh, get the name out there, and I think we've been doing a really good job of that, and we just hope we can continue to do that. Derek, what's your role within the team besides owner? Are you also doing coaching at this point, or are you just focusing on more like just the brand itself to get the the brand aware out there? Uh, you know, Robert handles a lot of the branding. Uh, he came and he was telling me different ideas, and I go, you know what, that's fine. You go ahead and do that. And I do help coach um, wherever I'm needed. I, I have coached the women's, like I said, for a couple of years. I'm also a high school football coach, and I have a lot of coaching experience behind me. But um, I, I told Fonzie that, hey, you know what, I'm going to bring you in to be the head coach and do your thing. And, you know, if you need help because one coach can't come this day or, you know, basically I just try to step in wherever I feel that we, we could use the help, you know. All right. Um, Derek, the colors, how was that chosen? The logo, how was that chosen? I mean, what's uh, what's behind the branding? All right, well, we were looking at different things as far as coming up with different names. And, you know, we just didn't want to go with a simple name like the Wildcats or some name that's been used a lot. We wanted to get something that was kind of unique. And um, I was thinking, okay, what would be unique? And I was like, well, stealth. You know, stealth is pretty, pretty unique. And then um, I was talking to a couple of people and – and we were looking at different things for the stealth, um, like a stealth ninja, stealth warrior, stuff like that. And, and he, he mentioned to me, well, you know, owls are stealthy. I go, you know what, that's that's true. You know, owls are stealthy and, you know, they're known to be wise and everything else like that. They're hunters. And so we um, we went ahead and went with that. And then for the mascot, we're going to do like a stealth ninja because the ninjas are stealthy and it also would be good for the kids whenever we're doing, uh, you know, community service events. We're going to have a... Uh, an owl with um, kind of like a stealth ninja owl. So uh, as far as the colors are concerned, the silver is for the weapons that an owl uses in war. Uh, the black is for, you know, stealth mode, being stealthy and being able to, to uh, you know, hide from your attackers and stuff like that. And uh, the orange is for the sun, for the sun city. All right. Um, so it's, you didn't want to go El Paso stealth, so you decided to go with, you know, what the city represents or what the community uh, knows the city for. So is that Sun City? Yeah, Sun City, and it kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. Instead of uh, El Paso stealth, it's more Sun City stealth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so your goal right now, uh, Derek, is uh, at this point, what, a three-year plan to profitability? Or at what point do you and Robert feel you can get to that profitability stage? Is it just going to be a, a five-year plan, three-year plan, or – what kind of a business plan do, are you looking for? Well, I think Robert would be able to answer that more, but looking at things right now, um, 
I'm just hoping that we can bounce back from this economical stuff going on. And, uh, mm-hmm. like, really, we just are going one uh, season at a time. But ultimately, I think, Robert, you would have more of that, right? Yeah, so to land on that, Derek and I are are here for the team. Play, we're here. Team wants to go on a 10, 20, 30-year run, we're here. It's, it's a team mission. Team wants to do whatever they want to do. Let's go. Robert, um, I really appreciate your passion, but in any business, we want to be profitable. Do you foresee yourself being profitable? Like, like, I, like I'm asking three to five years. Is that your goal plan to get some, you know, once you get some sort of buzz going in the city, uh, it's really nice to have like, you know, the high schools kind of join in with you, the community networking. And I know you do a lot of networking, obviously, if you're a realtor, you obviously have a base and a network and connections and, you know, all that stuff. So do you feel like you're going to get to a profitability at some point, whether it be three or five years? I mean, five is probably a stretch, but uh, three years is probably more where you're going to gauge whether you're there or not, right? So we, Derek and I talked about this in length, and we knew we are going to take a, some heavy investment up front. And mm-hmm. uh, we do see ourselves profitable within about a three-year span. And... Ultimately, we want to take care of the team, uh, zero fees, take care of all the expenses. Uh, break-even point is obviously um, a first objective, and then profitability after that to sustain the organization and build around it. We do foresee uh, three to five, somewhere between there, um, profitability, and obviously it's for the organization to sustain itself. Uh, then that way um, – at least get back some of the investment money back and then kind of have the organization stand alone and then have kind of have its economic cycle come into play. The only reason I bring it up is because a lot of teams don't have real business plans and that's how they fail. Cause we have a lot of women's teams that come and go and they come and go because of mismanagement, not because they're not passionate about giving the girls opportunity or they're not passionate about, you know, you know, women's football. The, the fact is that they don't have a real business plan. And and I think if you really treat it as a business or an, an adjacency to a business, you really start looking at it in a different way. And once you get to a situation where you can make the, you know, the annual fee of the team just with no, no problem, and then you add, like you said, travel and player fees to an extent, you come with a break even there, there is opportunity, obviously, to get, you know, from ticket sales or merchandise or anything else that you're going to do to uh, kind of, you know, get some revenue going. And at that point, it also helps the team, helps yourself. And, and once it gets to a, a buzz in the city, it, it's obviously going to be more uh, welcoming in terms of uh, businesses wanting to, you know, hook up with you in terms of, uh, you know, sponsorships and things like that. Right. And, you know, we so understand that plan. too. And, um, you know, we have thought about that gate fees and we have thought about concessions and everything else like that. But another thing that we have, uh, been talking about is working with the different schools that we're going to be uh, having these venues at. Like the one that we uh, had recently been talking to was Franklin High School, and we've been in really good contact with Franklin High School and El Paso Independent School District. And we will be working on um, a kind of a percentage-wise to work with them as far as gate fees and concessions. We're going to give them a percentage of that also to help them out too. So we're going to try to do what we can to help out everybody else that is involved in this, you know, when it comes to sponsors and all that other stuff. We're we're not just going to be like, oh, no, we're just going to take all this and not give you anything. We're trying to work together. We're building partnerships with people 
and, and trying to get them to understand that we're trying to be a part of them as much as they are with us. You know what I mean? Yeah, so the reason I bring it up is because – go ahead. Oh, go oh, ahead so, so I was going to add, so the business plan was one of, the, one of the first items that we came up with and put on the table. So we, we are LLC'd in Texas. We're 100% veteran-owned business. So we – our business entity is Rock and Roll LLC, and we have a local DBA here in the town of El Paso for Sun City South. So we are an established business entity with a business plan, and that's how we have outline objectives that we are are in process to meet, to sustain and make profit on the team and have its sustainability come in play. Yeah, the reason I bring it up, Robert, because a lot of the WFA teams are 501Cs, and they're really nonprofits. So if you have an LLC, as an example, your your business model changes completely different because you have to be self-sustaining. When you have a nonprofit, uh, you're relying on a lot of support from the community or you're relying on you know donations, and then they get a kickback off of that for helping you out. But when you're a straight you know uh, entity, as an example, a, a branch, uh, obviously your goal is to get the profitability because if you get to that profitability stage, uh, even if it's small profit, uh, it's, you're not paying out of pocket anymore, and that means – that you're, the opportunity is there for some growth. There's opportunity for you to get – it's more of an investment, in other words. That's what I'm getting at. So I, I really think that that's, that's a, a game changer for a lot of teams. I, I know we have, we have different owners in, in terms of different teams in the WFA that obviously operate their team also as an adjacency, like maybe they're supported by a franchise that they already own, you know, like the, the franchise that they own in terms of whatever they have is the one actually donating or supporting the separate entity in terms of, you know, in terms of helping them out. So um, is that where you guys are at at this point with that plan too, as well? Yeah. So that's what we're striving for ultimately is to turn the profit. And then like I mentioned previously, is just to have the team be self-sufficient and we can cover our expenses, regain our investment. And, you know, we did have the discussion about going through the 501c being charitable or, being straight up LLC, we decided to go through LLC because through the we, – we kind of evaluated the differences, and we felt that going through the LLC was going to able to get us to our goals quicker and sustain them longer on being, a, being able to bring in the team members at zero cost. Right. Yeah, and, and to make sense, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You're coming from a different type of – mentality, which a lot of the teams in the WFA are, like I said, are the nonprofit mentality, which is a lot tougher to do in terms of revenue and get anything else because you're relying on other folks. But um, Robert, marketing-wise, in terms of uh, apparel and things like that, is, is it you and Derek together at this point? He's already told me, you know, this is what we came up with. Um, so the marketing, is it being done on a separate website? You guys your own website? Uh, how is the marketing or in terms of, you know, once we get up and running and people want to, you know, support your team either with t-shirt hats or uh, bumper stickers and things like that well right now we've pretty much Derek and I have pretty much um, put in a lot of these investments and and kind of distributed a lot of material to our players and uh, people across town some of our players have even um, took it upon themselves to um, come up with own apparel um, and you know they're free to use our logos as they see fit as far as being members of our organization uh, we were really rolling things on to kind of have a big marketing blitz and a big, um, um, how can I say it, um, apparel giveaway 
towards rolling into the last week of March and going to the first week of April for our first game. But unfortunately, a lot of that was put to a dead stop because of um, what the current situation is. So, um, with the right now, we're currently slated to start in, in, on the first weekend of May, but that's still kind of might be up in the air. So we're kind of right now in the predicament of how much do we want to roll up? Because in the event that worst case scenario, what if we don't have a season? So we were anticipating to build up this roll up of the marketing, um, obviously the advertising, the apparel to gear us and bring in the momentum for the first game. Um, but unfortunately, it was brought to a standstill, so we're going to just have to put those plans on hold for right now. Now, we do have some partners that make some apparel, and initially was it, it initially was for us to just get it out there, get the people start wearing it. And then, and then as we get the brand out there, then we'll start an apparel shop and then uh, obviously split our range of, of products. Are you guys doing just uh, like most teams? Just uh, the apparel will be available at the at the time of the games only on tables and things like that, or at a, a booth of some sort. No, we're looking we into make, online. We want to make the too. we want to make the Sun City Stealth a, a year-round organization. Okay. So you're not going to just do like okay, it's kind of like the high school thing where they just have a booth and things like that. Well, no, we have we will have a booth at the games, but we are going to have the. Uh, an area you could go to like online and we were actually talking to a couple of different companies that were going to be doing that for us. But um, like I said, everything has been put on hold because of all this. And uh, we're trying to go local too. We want to stay with a lot of the local uh, areas as far as businesses to try to get our stuff done because of the fact that we want to help promote uh, our city, you know? No, totally understand. Um, Robert, uh, you've been in business for how long in terms of your realtor side? On the real estate side, I've been doing it um, there privately for about eight years. Uh, my brother and I partnered okay. up, and we did some several investments, property flips, and then um, have a small little real estate portfolio. And we saw the business potential on it, so I pursued a license professionally, and I've been doing it professionally for about two years, um, both for personal pursuit of real estate and also to uh, – attract other business partners and also business potential. So total combined, let's right. say about 10 years. Robert, what do you see the state of the game? Were you at the owner's meeting at the WFA? Uh, maybe some impressions in terms of where the sport is headed. And they got some big branding uh, sponsors this year that they never had years before. Uh, they did bring on board a lot of other key players. Um, so, you know, as a business guy, where, where do you see the, this league Uh, unfortunately, as big as the league is getting, I see it um, contracting in size. Uh, with them filling 65 teams nationwide, it's awesome. It's great. But as far as that, it get, as it gets larger, it's going to um, competitiveness is going to get larger as well. And I could see the league um, sometime. I'm not going to say in the near future, but at some point, um, contract uh, become a little bit more. Um, Corporate, um, hopefully not too corporate because we we like what we're involved with, uh, but just the nature of what's going on that the women's football is coming into uh, the prime time lights, so to say. And uh, as far as the growth, you can see a lot of maybe merger type of things going on with a lot of teams as far as in the local markets. Um, 
we can't get to the point where we have over 100 teams nationwide. You know, it'd be great, but I can personally see just from the business perspective, um, it contracting a little bit just for the competitiveness of it. And then obviously, since they televised all the national championships on ESPN3 the past couple of years, and you obviously want to get more of that larger media market, you know, potentially ending up on the flagship of ESPN on its own. Uh, so you can see that the organization of the WFA will probably take shape into a, maybe a more contracted size. Uh, maybe some of the divisions will be absorbed, right? so we don't have three divisions. Uh, there's major possibilities, but I could see the league itself and the notoriety and, and the branding get larger, but as far as the size and the teams, I would see that maybe contracting a little bit. Derek, where's your thoughts overall the same? Uh, where do you see this, the WFA? I mean, you, you don't want to be realistically at 100 teams because it just dilutes the product too. And at the same time, the branding is great. It's okay, you can say you're the number one, you know, number one organization in the world because of quantity of teams. But, um, you know, at this point, uh, they've stepped up in certain aspects in terms of Tier 1, Tier 2. Last year was pretty exciting. Uh, now we have, you know, Tier 3 teams. So it's just a matter of, you know, where do you see the state of the game in terms of the league? You know, I've worked together with the league for the past couple of years, and just recently when I started the team, I got to know the owners and a lot of key owners in the uh, league a lot better, and uh, they all work together with us very well. They're all supportive of us. Uh, we talk on a constant basis. They give us input on things that have worked, things that haven't worked, um, we do work together pretty well, and I do think that it's going to be, like Robert said, um, it's pretty up and coming. And I think that we're going to do just fine, and I don't think that we should have that many teams. But, I mean, there's a lot of teams that come and go. Teams will come and teams will go, and like you said, some of them don't have good business models. They want to just come in, and then they lose out, and there's constantly turnaround for that. And um, I think that eventually there will probably be a cap on the teams that could come in. And some teams right now uh, aren't let in. Uh, I know that they were talking about different um, different things on where there's a team within, I think, like 30 to 60 miles. They can't come in without uh, the approval from other, the other team that's in that area or um, from the league. I'm no, I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah, I know there was uh, some vetting going on from the last couple seasons. I know I've talked to other owners in the league. Um, they also feel the same way. They feel like, okay, um, at this point it becomes uh, a situation where you're going to have too many teams and then the proximity of a metro. So, for example, like in Washington as an example, you don't want to have four teams in the same you know area because then the right. roster size gets affected and everything gets diluted. And then all of a sudden now everybody's struggling, you know, to, to right. figure out facilities. And it just, it just may, it complicates so many things in general. But I think they've done a good job in terms of looking for smaller markets in the last four years. Las Cruces being an example. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, little areas that you can. El Paso, here you are, right, where there's a market right. where there's not two teams or three teams or whatever. Um, so I think that's, that makes smart sense. I think before the mindset was recreational and I think a lot of it has changed in terms of more of a business model because at some point you have to make a profit. Uh, I know it's not something that everybody wants to hear because everybody's like, okay, well, you know, we just want to give opportunity. Well, sure. 
but with opportunity, you should also be able to make a profit of some sort. You know, a lot of uh, right. youth organizations do the same way, right? They do fundraising. They still make a profit to cover their costs and things like that. So uh, at some right. point, it still becomes – it has to be viable for you to, you know, give the opportunity at the same time, not have to pay out of pocket as an owner to the point where you're uh, mortgaging your mortgage, as they say. Well, the WFA, they have been around for a while now, and they continue to make leaps and bounds. And, you know, there's a couple other leagues that are starting up too, but as far as the longevity, the WFA has been there, and, and they've been proven to to sustain their their own, you know? So I think they have a pretty good idea of what they're doing, and as the sport grows and the love for the sport, it gets a little bit more uh, in demand. I think that... Um, they'll come to a point where, like I said, that they're going to have to put a cap on it eventually. Or, you know, like you said, the competition will be watered down and you have all these other extra teams popping up. So I think so far so good. I think that we're, we're in good shape. Hopefully this, um, like I said, this economy stuff will pass over and we'll be able to get back to where we were. Yeah, and I think a reality is that, um, you know, if you take coronavirus off of this whole map mentality, I think we'd we'd already be excited for for the 2020 season, pretty excited because there's, it's going to be epic, uh, given the fact that, like you said, the league's been a long, in a long history, and now we're at a totally different level. You know, a TV, a TV deal with 11 sports, all these sponsors that came on this year. Um, we've had, you know, Coors in Denver last year. So, yeah, there's a lot of positives going forward. Um, Robert, where, where do you think at this point, based on the TV deal that the WFA got, uh, do you think we're going to get more visibility at this point nationally? Well, the visibility on nationality is, is going to be great. It's going to expand, um, exponentially. There's really no stopping. It's just a matter of time of how many more media networks want to get on board. The mobile device, uh, do you guys feel like that's going to be a key? Like if you now people can see you on a mobile device on demand where before I think it was the struggle where you had to send somebody to a YouTube channel or had to send somebody to a website, you know what I mean? Now it's a little bit more easeability in terms of just, you know, pulling up to somebody and going, Hey, check us out, you know, because everybody's got a mobile phone pretty much. Well, my mobile phone itself has been a, a, a key item when I try to uh, discuss business sponsorships because I just pull up the phone and show the video of the girls practicing and some of our uh, various uh, media media stuff. And that, it just, it just wows everybody. So now as far as the league goes, if we can um, have all these games on demand, obviously it opens up the doors for our personal players to um, obviously scout the other teams, um, extend that to their families. And then those families extend it to other families. Um, the mobile media device as especially with tablets and computers and the streaming, it just opens up the market to all the other audiences that we can reach. What's your, uh, Robert, what's your, okay, go ahead, Derek. No, I was going to say the only bad thing about that is, is you'll get less people wanting to go and actually attend the game. And when they said, Oh, we could just watch it on Facebook or we just watch it on YouTube or something. We want to try to get people out to the actual game instead of them just staying at home and watching it on their phone or something, you know what I mean? Well, my my whole point since I've been in this business for so long is my counter to you is would be that we got to think monetization in different formats. So in other words, we got to be able to get uh, you know, 11 sports and get some revenue to the ownerships 
in terms of that aspect of it because I will tell you right now, a women's football game is not going to grow in that sense because of the fact that it's not big interest like youth sports or youth football. I don't think we're going to get it to that level, but we can get the awareness and bring in people to the seats in a monetization type mentality model, which is if you can get paid for ads and things like that while they're watching on a mobile device, like the game of the week, an example, it could be filtered to all the teams in the league. And then at some point, even though if it's trickled down small amounts, at some point it's going to get big, big, big and large amount of dollars that you can do that. Right. You know, and a lot of things that we were looking at doing is bringing, uh, like, you know, how they have these local dance teams and local cheerleading teams and stuff like that around the city. We were going to be working mm-hmm. with them and having them do like a halftime show or be able to be on the sidelines to, to be doing their cheer and everything. And that in turn will bring in the parents also because they're going to want to see their kids participate in that. And uh, as far as the fees, too, we're not going to be charging all kinds of outrageous amounts. What we're probably going to be doing is $5 for for a ticket and kids 12 and under are for free. So we're not going to give all these outrageous prices trying to charge 20 bucks to see the game or stuff like right. that. You know, like I said, we're, we're trying to get people out there to have fun, have a positive, uh, friendly family environment. And um, we're doing all these little things in hopes that people understand that we're out there to try to be involved and have a, like I said, a friendly family environment on top of going out there and having fun and playing football. Yeah. And I, I really, like I said, the attitude is that initially because that's where you got to be. But in reality, the reality in terms of a business sense, I think it's great that the league itself, the brand itself and the leadership with the brand is actually trying to uh, bring in bigger sponsors and bring in, uh, you know, the, the, vis- the vision over the mobile platforms. I think that's the way to go as well because at some point it's going to draw in fans and the stands will fill up if people are more aware of what you're, you know, bringing to the table. So uh, Robert El Paso, uh, feel good for you that the city is going to go ahead and, you know, in a year or two from now is going to start to be aware of the stealth and start to bring in, like uh, Derek says, some butts in the seats. I definitely believe the El Paso community is going to support the Sun City stealth. Uh, like I said, a lot of the interactions that we've had here as of late for the past month and a half, a lot of people's eyes will just open up in the in the wow type of fashion where they're like, wow, we can't believe that this is a women's tackle football team. We we mentioned, um, let's meet our tackle team. They're like, what? Who's these? And like, these are women. And they're like, wow. It's real surprising. And they immediately say, I'm taking my daughter. I'm taking my nieces. I'm taking my family. They're the motivation behind them wanting to be in the seats at the game. Uh we just believe that once we, that first game, and we get those first few fans in there, um, it's only going to multiply after that. The city of El Paso will get behind this brand, and then we'll get behind this team. Uh, Robert uh, or Derek, you guys can answer this. The schedule, was this a uh, sit-down with you guys and Lisa, and because of proximity and costs and things like that. So uh, tell, tell me or explain to me about the schedule, how the schedule is made out. I thought the schedule was awesome. We were really looking forward to having the schedule that we had. And then, of course, having the Rocky Mountain Thundercats and then uh, the Mile High Blaze at home, in which you know they're a Division II team, one of the top Division II teams. So having them at home, I was pretty excited about that. But um, the way that things are going, I don't even know how they're going to do the scheduling if and when we do and we are able to continue. I'm not sure exactly who's going to be on the scheduling or how they're going to do that anymore, to tell you the truth. 
All right, so we short. We either going to shorten the games from eight to to five or something, if it makes sense at this point, because they're going to take off a month, right? So that means two games right. for you guys probably within that month. So maybe it's a six week season instead of an eight week traditional season. So uh, I, I think that's the only way you can do it. That if you know if everything goes as we we had planned uh, at this point, May as being the the kickoff month, it would be just a six week season, which in reality, that would make it so much easier for logistics for everybody because everything's pretty much been set in place. Right. And if that is the way that it goes down, we're going to be not playing the Mile High Blaze and one of the games with the Thundercats and also one of the games with the Rio Grande Heat because we had all those three games that are scheduled for April. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to see what they come up with when uh, everything blows over and we'll find out the new schedule. All right. Uh, Robert, Derek, uh, are you guys, the message is what, uh, everybody self-contain themselves with workouts at home and things like that at this point for the players and just to keep themselves in some fitness capacity? Yeah, pretty much. That's what they've been doing. They've been doing a lot of uh, different things on Facebook. There's a couple of players that have been doing workouts and uh, the rest of the players will chime in and they'll do it with them and it's pretty much on your own type stuff since... Uh, we are on under uh, a shelter in place, so you can't meet up. I believe five or more people, so it's it's really limited in the things that we could do around there. All right. Uh, so, guys, uh, any of you guys in quarantine, or or everybody good? As far no, as right quarantine, we're in quarantine. So you mean like uh, as far as because uh, the positive test? Anything uh, with the with the virus no, no, itself? I meant. No, nobody. Like nobody that. on our organization is uh, quarantined right now, due to the virus. Okay. Okay. Awesome. It's great to hear. All right. So, uh, so social distancing. That means a lot more video conferencing and a lot more telephone conferencing. <laughs> uh, it's something to get used to and being cooped up the house, uh, especially if you got kids. Right. Just another thing to deal with and take care of and twenty four seven. Yeah. Definitely. So, Robert, sure. Derek, really appreciate you guys coming on and uh, showing and explaining to our audience about what to expect for the Sun City Stealth once this uh, coronavirus is over with and uh, the WFA goes back to normality in terms of a kickoff. So really, really appreciate it. So continued success, Robert and Derek, uh, and to your whole team, and as well as Coach Gomez. Uh, so we look forward to what comes about once the season uh, normalizes and kicks off. All right. Thank well, you very much. Appreciate, appreciate you having us on. Thank you. We All right. No problem, guys. And you guys are always welcome. Let me know if you want to come back on. And uh, so safe travels out there. And then uh, we're looking forward to Sun City Stealth to put themselves on the map in the WFA. Awesome. Have Thank a good you. night. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's bring in our insider here, which is, Nate Ward. Hey, Nate, uh, how's it going today? All right, Oscar. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I'm doing push-ups now because I, I got challenged by all my uh, Nojo football athletes. So that was uh, interesting. But, hey, I, I, I raised up to the challenge. That's all I got to tell you. Nobody's challenged me. I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> what was that? I said nobody's challenged me yet. kind of disappointed. Well, I challenged you. I don't know if you saw your little thing out there. I, I think I sent you out there. If I didn't, I'll do it for you. 
or I'll mention it now. Your challenge: ten push-ups, buddy. Firm and okay. up and down. <laughs> okay. Um, Nate, uh, what's your what's your you know you've been looking at this free agency. Now we got XFL stars in in the NFL. We got uh, uh, Tamu is I believe is over in Kansas City now, just shifting right over, which is a good a good backup for Mahomes. Uh, it's it's a I think and this is just my personal opinion. I'm sure there's a lot of people that agree. I think the feeling that you have enough evidence to pick a guy after only five games in the league that well, it is great. It's burnt fantastic. His gameplay is completely from your own. I enough. No, I know XFL said you know you guys can go out, you can you know explore and take up off that is too soon in the observation phase, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Uh, Nate, are you on a speaker, or are you, are you on site? Because it sounds like you're cutting in and out. Uh, yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Um, so, Nate, is that what you're, you're thinking? Everybody's going to filter through. Uh, P.J. Walker is probably going to be a top star. So there's a lot of couple a couple guys, key guys, in the XFL, you know, that are going to end up on the on NFL rosters, and it looks like a lot of the key top stars through week fives, you know, the five weeks are going to be those names. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, that was the whole much to my dismiss. Many people have wrecked me. Uh, XFL not being really lead more of a leader lead league. Um, you know, they, they, you know, came through with the the goal of making names for themselves, and they've done just that, and they're the offers worthy of their status. Um, you know, dominant, which was uh, the uh, the next. Um, I'm thinking of um, the biggest name that stood out to me, and I. I was glad to see he. I was also glad to see that he was gone. I was a little disappointed. Uh, but like all the names that you gave, uh, uh, I think it was Ace uh, Nation that you gave. Point. It was kind of interesting to look at the list and see that you know there's guys that have names for themselves potential as free agents, and it's it's a good group. It's interesting to see a lot of them that, like Josh Johnson, for example. I mean, thirteen teams in twelve years, like. I guess for me, a lot of it is also the mindset of where where's the cut and that they're, you know you like the NFL, the NFL doesn't like you. Why why even try to come back? Why not just with where you're being appreciated and you're getting paid? I mean, it's a great group right. for for all that. It just Nate, you think that to your questions. point, to your point, John, uh, some players basically. Sh- should make them should wait for 2021 and make them make their mark in the XFL. Is that your point? Instead of being a backup in terms of the NFL roster, but technically it's about money. If you're a backup and you get thrown on a roster, you're going to make a little bit more money than you would made in the XFL. Yeah. And, and see, that's a lot of people had to correct me. And uh, I mean, I, I totally get that. I gotten it from, from, I, you know, as most people listen to this, 
know, I'm a, a referee, and I work with a lot of – I appreciate guys in those pro-level leagues around here that they – you know, we've sat down and had great conversations, and they never – you know, it was never – you know, for the XFL level football. That's pretty much what these guys have done. So I think, you know, a lot of guys, that it is about the money, NFL, definitely by and far. Would like to guys that would maybe try to hone their skill more and see more playing time when they get to the NFL, not to be a bench guy and just go because the money would like to see them earn or get to see them play. Look again and say, I saw that guy when he got a second chance or he started an XFL and maybe he's excited for that guy. All over Lawrence. Yeah, I, I think I think if. I think if the XFL players get on a roster, a good opportunity for everybody to make their mark. I mean, P.J. Walker making his mark, that was a great thing for, for him to try to get himself into a situation where he wants to make more money. And I think that's a key for a lot of the players. They're just gonna, they, their opportunity was just to try to get on an NFL roster. A lot of the players are really working for that, and they're really you know, trying to get to that next level. I think because the season got shorted, it becomes a situation where you have a lot of a lot of players really just wanting the next opportunity. I I, I don't need to get that next opportunity now. Does the skill set guard in want to translate over and make it act there where you are? I mean, not even starter, but it's that backup I'm not that third string guy like you were there or you were first draft. Yeah, um, I just feel like right now the the fact that everybody is like just getting to that next level. Hopefully, we'll see one of these players that were very impactful in the first five weeks of the XFL. Uh, hopefully, we'll see them. I mean, Luis. I, I hope Luis Perez will get on a roster somewhere like in the Jets or Giants since he's out there in New York already. You would think that that would be the case. Um, Tamu, like I said, going to Kansas City, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't play like the best, you know. His best game was uh, against your Dragons where we was like 20 of 27 right. for like 300-something yards. But he wasn't like that big of an impactful player. But he is, uh, I guess, a... Uh, a good backup if you want to have like a third string or a second string. So he did make some sort of impact there. So um, I think Walker for me would be the only guy, uh, maybe Johnson. Johnson would have to really prove himself and it would have to be like on a lousy team like Jacksonville or somewhere else. But given uh, what you said earlier, which is he's basically gone to 13 different teams. So obviously he's probably not NFL material to your point. Right, yeah. Um, you know, I definitely walk as the biggest potential. I'm with you on that. I think, you know, it goes back to the whole fighting games thing. Um, you know, you, you've been enough to – so you had a half a season and you gained enough evidence to get on a roster or try to get on a roster. Now the question becomes, are you – NFL material uh, to on there, and for more, the XFL would have been ten weeks, and you survived seven. 
Yeah, and I, I just, I really think right now we're going to be surprised as to who who lands where, but uh, we'll go from there. Um, yeah, Nate, I'm just, I don't know, I'm shocked that the Rams would go with a crappy logo. I'm just like so crappy logo. I'm like sitting there going, what are they doing here? It's just like, oh, it's like a surf, it's like a surf wave with an L.A. It's not even a horn. And you try to add a little sprinkle of orange. Where the hell does the orange come from? I'm just like, I'm with the Twitter crowd right now. Just not happy. You know, they probably would have gotten a lot and gone a lot if they had just made the old school Ram had like you pick the as the I think that would have gone off a better. I'd like to know what he um, had blue and gold for how long, and he went way back with uh, red as one primary. So what happened between? Not a good look. Now I, I mean, I, the I will, secondary I will, logo was was created by a fan, and I'm the one. I took that one. I just put it on my profile because. That was probably a lot more, and and then just to hear Demoff say, "Oh, it took us two years to come up with this stuff." I'm like, two years to come up with that? Oh my god, that's when everybody went like just bonkers. Yeah, we'll see what happens. The the Ram has become the 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 primary because actually it wasn't somebody that came up with it. Actually, it part of their their art that out because um, you know that's not the LA thing, uh, it's like a Charger logo. I'm sorry. I got to put it out there. It looks like something that should belong to the Chargers. In fact, I'm be on the phone right now trying to get them. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, everybody was kind of looking for something new. Um, I hope they don't screw up the helmet. Because if they screw up the helmet, they'll be hell to pay. This is coming from a guy. And I already put in my $50 for that petition to get rid of that crappy logo. And that was all on change.org. So it was a bunch of us and all the RAM group boards and things like that. Everybody's been putting in money for that. So I'm pretty sure the RAM ownership, Mr. Cronky, is going to be getting some sort of backlash out there, especially if he's if he wants to uh, pack up a new stadium because, uh, you know, the fan base isn't going to support something that they don't really like. And it, it just it, it was just a so basic logo that you don't need to change the, that logo I mean, everybody, I think, was happy with the, the horn logo. Just change the colors to bring it back to traditional state. Um, you know, that kind of deal. So it's like you don't have to you didn't have to go over the top, in other words. it's And this is way – it's just not – it's not cool, in other words. It doesn't look right. It looks like some sort of, you know, logo that you would put on, like, a newscast or some sort for a newscast or something. So everybody was <clears throat> disappointed. We were all disappointed. And then for him to come out and mock us on Twitter and say, that's not going to be the logo – you know when the when the leak came out, and all of a sudden that's the logo. I'm like, bro, right. you're gonna you're gonna go that route. I'm like, you're gonna go that route. You really did that to us. Wow. They have time to react this, and if they don't, um, I'm gonna expect empty hands and I'm buying. Well, I can tell you right now, Nate, I'm not buying any of that merchandise. You know, I would rather put a Deacon Jones jersey yep. on before I buy all of that stuff right now. Uh, so it's just it's not gonna be I'm not buying that stuff. It's just it's just too plain and simple. It doesn't even look pro. It looks like some sort of college thing. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I don't know if you saw the one with the the modified one that one of the uh, one of the fans created, which is 
plug in the LA over the uh, Ram, and that looks a lot more, you know, legit, right? It's just LA and then the Ram right there, LA Rams. But we'll see how that works out. But nobody was happy. Nobody had, nobody was happy on Twitter, and <laughs> no, nobody on my Rams boards were happy. So uh, I guess Demoff and Kroenke have uh, some work to do to make us happy. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Nate, we'll switch gears here. XFL, um, I mean XFL, um, X-League is postponing most of their games. I know the Atlanta Empire said they're only going to play the June game and not the July date for some reason. So they're only going to play one game. Uh, at this point, wouldn't it just make more sense to scratch the whole season and just say we'll be back in 2021? So, in reference to that, and I will, I will clarify that for anybody being interested. Um, they made the decision, so they they cut half. It was what Atlanta was referring to. Is referring to. I wish they'd be more specific. Is the home get doing one home and away? But I prefer they would just postpone get a full season next year. Absolutely, but am I happy that they're doing like? What you know, the wrestling promoter are doing is giving us something to an extent, and much like the football, absolutely. So it goes away, but um, more leaning on the should have just waited until next season and gotten the gotten a full year in. Yeah, I'm just saying because they don't they have limited games. It's not like you know the NHL or the NBA where they could they still right. have you know 20 games left or something. You know this is just four games. And you knock off one home game, what's profitability wise, what is it gonna do for you? I mean you normally you make some sort of a profit on two home games hopefully, but for one game, I don't know. Um we haven't heard anything official from Mitchell Mortaza. The only official notice that we got was basically X League suspending temp because of coronavirus and re revisiting or postponing until uh, I believe May. And that's what most leagues did as well. Uh most of the major sports leagues did the same thing. Um, there's just, you know, we're all on standby pretty much until we figure this out. And it looks like maybe it'll be figured out in about four weeks because it looks like they got a grasp and hold on it. There's only two hotbed areas in the whole country or three at this point, from what I'm told, New York, California, Washington, as an example, state. Yep. Um, so there's three areas that really need to be contained. The rest of the country, probably not in a severe state because there's a lot of people that were doing their, you know, the CDC guidelines and it looked like everybody's doing their part there with some of the governors making decisions about, you know, uh, putting people in shelter temporarily just to do what we need to do. Um, so hopefully, you know, we cross our fingers, we go back to normality, maybe the middle of May at this point, or even uh, first week of June as an example. It would be, it would be nice. Um, you know, and I mean, it, uh, there's a lot of people that I were probably, excuse me, Figure out what they're doing next because as it's been the news, you know, one that I joined uh, California, the stay in order. Uh, uh, my job is essential in terms of moving uh, various parcels of supplies. So I'm still working, uh, but um, I know people are looking for this to be over with. Uh, a couple calls closer to that list. Yeah, um, so a lot of it. A lot of it has to do with 
certain mount, certain state mandates or governor mandates, um, and it has to do with county. So just like I said before on my on my Facebook page, you don't need to worry about Washington and what they're going to do because they don't impact you completely at all. They sure they send funds or whatever you want to do or you know whatever, but you know the governor in your state is impactful for you. You know the 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 mayor of your city is more impactful. You know, the county guys are more impactful, right? Everybody between county and city is the only people you got to be either happy with or not happy with. And, you know, to put a blame on the big gorilla in Washington, which at nine times out of 10, they're out of touch with reality. Okay. Then you're just going to, you know, either go into a total depression, completely blow your gasket in terms of high blood pressure. (laughs) Right. Uh, Right. So you really, you know, you really have to just figure out, you know, what's going on in your city, what's, what's, the mayor in your city going to do what's your county representatives and are going to do. And because that's, that's the, the area that you're most affected in terms of wages and, you know, things that you have to do for essentials and things like that and how you're going to maneuver around that and, and all that stuff. So like I tell people, I'm not worried about, you know, president Trump and everybody else in Washington or the senators and the house and the Senate. I'm, I could care less about that. I'm, I'm just worried about my neighborhood and my County and, how I'm able to get, you know, essentials and food and, and all the basics just for me to stay uh, safe in, in that regard. Everything else I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll play out over time. So if I got to worry about that, I'm just add more stress to my life and I don't need that. No, absolutely not. will happen in November. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You, you go nuts if you start, you know, watching the news every hour on the hour, you, you really b- blow gasket or you're going to be totally, you know, just completely not happy with things that, you know, they're, they're just, to me, it's like, you have to just take care of yourself, take care of the uh, people around you, take care of your neighborhood. That's the, that's the priority. Um, you know, social distancing right. with people, uh, you know, you, you, we have phones, right. You can communicate with anybody. It's not like you, they're telling you to shut down and completely do No, you, you can do video conferencing. You can do FaceTime. You there's, there's there's no shutdown. I mean, to me, it's like uh, if you're not used to being at home, then maybe that becomes an issue. <laughs> but if if you're used to just you know doing things around the house, like I'm, I, I don't know where you're at, uh, Nate, but I'm literally my office is my home technically, if you think about it. So nothing has changed for me except for maybe I can't go to get the essentials at a certain time or things like that. But other than that. I mean, I can I can do uh, you know take out. I can order stuff. I can get stuff to my house. I can go around the corner and get stuff, and, and then come back and that kind of deal. So it's not like I'm exactly shut down. It's not. It hasn't changed for me. In other words, other people, yeah, other people were always at work, right? Never right. could find their home. Never had their kids twenty four seven. It's a life changing event <laughs> uh, for some people. That's uh, yeah. No, I mean. We're we're pretty good here. All my my resources, you know, my archive. We are about cleaning of the house, so our evenings on in the office, and from the grocery store, um, got everything. We just kind of hanging in there on the evenings. And you're you're right. If if you're not used to being right, it's a personal problem. You need to check out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but hopefully everybody's doing their part. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff happening. Um, some of our Nojo football athletes out there, like I mentioned at the top of the hour, uh, they're doing their part by keeping people motivated. 
getting some exercise sessions in, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, bar dips, you know, whatever you can do around the house. If you don't have a weight set or, or a, you know, a weight center or a garage that has got, you know, equipment or anything like that, but there's no need to just be moseying around and couch potating. You can still do your gym workouts and at home and get your basic cardio and all that good stuff. And then it never hurts to clean your garage or, or reorganize your closet as uh, some of my neighbors have told me. So we're all working on it. The ways to your your mind and the drama. Just you know, focus on what you have to. Everything will take care of itself and iron out. Just do your part. All right. Everybody's been postponed in terms of the women's game. So in terms of the women's game, there's like no activity going on. Uh, the sport has come to a halt. Uh, our expectation for WNFC, WF, uh, WFA, and X League has been put on hold. Uh, we are ex- hopefully expecting that we'll get back um, to normality uh, the month of May. We'll see what kind of adjustments the, the, the leagues make. Uh, I've been trying to reach out to both leagues. Both leagues have told me there's nothing changes, nothing's going to change until maybe another three weeks or so until you know the federal government says otherwise, and we get uh, medical professionals get more data, and in terms of you know who's more at risk at this point now and containment and all, all of the other information that we have to get on. But at this point, uh, none of the leagues, the major leagues in terms of the women's sport in the U S uh, in Mexico and Canada, they're all suspended. They're, they're postponing basically until further notice uh, from government, government guidance. Um, Nate, are you aware that the WFLA is going to pack the hundred thousand dollar or hundred thousand, 100,000 seat LA Coliseum starting May Cinco de Mayo in 2021. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, know, did you did I hear to... something? Or <laughs> Oh yeah. It was a big hearty laugh. Um, would it, would this be no different Nate than the Legends Cup in South Africa? I don't know. Could it be the same? You know, it it, it could be exactly the same. It's like I, you know, I talked a little bit about this the other day. You know, this I hate to say because we we have the time. This is the kind of crap that Mitch Mazza wouldn't probably even. Yeah, he'll cancel games, he'll game around, but there is no way that he, he would make an assumption that you could fill up a one hundred thousand seat for a brand new league football game, and furthermore. I don't think you would ever be in this right month to ever decoy it as a concert in the first place and cover up. I don't know about you, Nate, but $55 to $300, probably not going to go well. But, hey, Lupe Rose has a vision, and she feels like this is the right setting, and we're going to get the L.A. Fames against the Dallas Diamonds. And it looks to me like... Uh, both of those teams are probably going to be makeshift of all-stars from all the other teams because I don't know if the rosters are set because there's no information on who's coaching these these teams right now. There's no information on right. who's what rosters and what who's on the teams right now because we're almost what we're going to be a year away in another month, and I'm hoping at right. this point, once the coronavirus uplifts, that we're going to get more concrete information from the league in terms of logistics, in terms of head coaching, in terms of all the stuff that you would normally think of football operations. 
Oh, and you already had that, that failed thing of the the exhibition game at the the Super Bowl, and your schedule being like what thirty teams across the nation, all the games set supposedly set to now it all squad games with some of those team names across eight games. So you're already doing the best luck to you in anything else being believed at the point. Yeah, I'm I'm just like I don't want to sound like a, a a person that doesn't believe in this, but I just wanna just realistically understand at what point are you gonna get operations running? You know what I mean? It just that's right. just my question. You know, you you show me operations running, then I'm more hopeful. But when at this point, you're telling me that not even the op, the rosters are signed, no contracts have been signed, uh, there's no ownership in terms of where everybody's placed. We have probably four teams with solid ownership at this point from the announcements, uh, from feedback that we're getting officially from, you know, the CEO. So uh, there's a lot of questions to be uh, answered. In, and there's a lot of there's a lot of players that obviously want questions, and that's what we do here. We want to ask the questions and try to get some feedback. I've I've reached out to her to get onto the podcast to answer those questions, and uh, I've been denied, have not responded, uh, and this is over a year. And so at this point, you know, if you're listening, uh, Lupe Rose and Commissioner of the WFLA, we'd more than happy to come onto this podcast. We welcome you, so we can get some questions answered. So. Uh, the audience and the players that are going to be playing for your league get some uh, real concrete responses in terms of what your vision is and how long this league's going to be up and running and where the state of the game is for the WFLA and, you know, that kind of stuff. But at this point, uh, we haven't been able to get accommodated for that. So maybe at this point, hopefully down the road here, as once once the corona thing slows down, so we might be able to get uh, a representative or the CEO or the commissioner to come yep. on here and try to answer some of those questions. It would be nice because at this point, like I said, there's no logistics, no roster set yet. Supposedly you've been dishing out contracts for thousands of dollars a year. Yeah, there's there's questions to be had. And we'd... All right, so Nate, uh, we're going to just be talking pretty much NFL free agency next week. We're going to be talking – uh, XFL stars also next week. That's the only thing we can talk about in terms of a football scheme of things. Uh, we probably going to see some XFL players in Canada as well. Uh, hopefully, you know, by the end of next week, which is April week, first week of April, we're going to maybe get some information from some of these three leagues in terms of when they're going to rep up again. But other than that, um, that's where we're at. Um, I want to just mention uh, the American Football Events Team USA team. Uh, was rescued by the Trump administration as well as the uh, wonderful military Southcom personnel, and they're all back home. All the 57 members of the AFE. Thinking. Yeah, you can go to the hub and get the details there. Of what happened and all the stories about it and how they got to get home. So uh, we're happy to see them, uh, especially our Nojo football athlete Sasha Cruz, who also has come home. Um, so it was really good. The America's Bowl was. Really, really success. Unfortunately, because of the shutdown in Honduras, it was cut off short. But other than that, uh, it was a good, good event, and uh, that's uh, we're happy that everybody came home safe and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. 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 I don't 
fresh air, a little bit of uh, pop, especially the women's football world. I know that's never a, never a good feeling when a team gets done where it goes out there. They're home, they're safe, and they're where they need to be. All right. Uh, we didn't get a chance to have the salty one in the house today because something else came up, but uh, Holly's hard at work at home, and she couldn't break off of that, so she's still is working at home. Um, so we had Nate come on here. want to thank the Sun City Stealth, um, the players of the Sun City Stealth, and Derek Smith, the CXO, Robert Rodriguez, co-owner, CBO, Mika Hernandez, the assistant general manager, head coach Fonzie Gomez, uh, def- defensive back Emily Kuffner, uh, and wide receiver Stephanie Aragon for coming on here and kind of uh, giving us the information about the Sun City Stealth, the WFA, and their vision and their hopes, and obviously – they want to be in the mix for a championship and, and make El Paso proud. So we'll be looking forward to that next next week as we talk more uh, 2020 NFL free agency, including where XFL stars are going to land, even in the Canadian Football League, hopefully. Uh, we're hearing rumors that they're going to land there as well. So um, if you guys haven't gone to our shop, we got brand-new shirts, uh, country pride shirts, plus uh, these uh, pride shirts, city pride shirts for the uh, North American Swing. Visit at Zazzle, No Joke Football Shop, for cool T-shirts, leggings, up to 20% off. Use the daily code there. So go now, zazzle.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Subscribe to Zazzle Black and get free shipping for about 10 bucks. So uh, it's really great. And I want to just let everybody know, thank you, thank you, everybody, for making us your number one source on Facebook, 11,000 strong monthly now. So, Nate, 11,000 strong monthly now, our capacity of followers is 7,500, so just let that sink in. We have only 7,500 followers, and we're reaching almost 11,000 fans on a monthly basis. That's a huge reach. Thank, thank you all so much, everybody that's listening, everybody that follows us. We we cannot do it without you. We cannot do without you. That's part of our joke family. Thank you all so much, and keep it up. All right, you guys have been listening to the best covering women's American football for eight years on NFL News Weekly, and you have made us that. Go subscribe on Apple. Go subscribe on iHeart, and you can check us out on Spotify. So for Nate Ward, the absent Mackenzie Brooks, Troy Wilson, Holly Custis, and Louise Bean, this is Oscar Lopez saying here, we'll catch you here for 314 on the Great Iron Blitz. Have a great night, everybody.